Welcome to Stupid Beautiful. I'm your host, Travis Day. I never quite figured out how to fit in to this modern American society. When I gave myself permission to stop trying, I started living the life I always dreamed of. When you're born into a world you don't fit into, it's because you were born to help create a new one. This podcast is a deep dive into the unique and inspiring lives of my guests who by living authentically are on a mission to create a new world. If you enjoy this conversation, please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and share this episode on social media. All right, everybody, I have with me Amber Cottle, or Chef Amber, as we'll call her today. Uh, Amber, thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, thanks, Travis. Hi. Um, So you are the owner of The Source. You're a South Bay celebrity. Um, Your first location opened up in Hermosa, The Source Cafe Hermosa. You have a new location that just opened up in Manhattan Beach that I'm super excited to talk to you about. Um, But first, I just wanted to read the about section um, to give people a little vibe of um, your cafe. So it says, the source joyfully embraces the true essence of thoughtful food, believing that food should be vibrant, beautiful, sexy, and prepared with love. Each item on the menu is created with intention to heal and nourish your mind, body, and soul. (laughs) 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 tell me about that it's such it's so beautifully written i i I love it yeah so i do believe so i always um believe that food is here to nourish our bodies and i feel that sexy can be the new healthy and getting rid of the stigma around healthy food being boring and bland and um i that's why i love to put that word sexy it's like my favorite word food and um, food is my life and it's beautiful, but also it can nourish our body and heal our body while being so beautiful and excited. And, you know, I put intention and integrity to every single dish, um, which is really important and people can feel it and energetically they can feel it. So that is where that, that comes from. And it brings me so much joy to see the difference that my food makes in someone's life. If I get to make a difference in their health or their body or provide, create a memorable experience for someone that, that is what keeps me going in this business. That makes me feel very joyful. (laughs) for sure and i'm i mean i know that's what i feel when i'm around you is just your like sheer passion that you have for what you do and the food that you serve people and you have such a huge following in hermosa everyone i meet knows chef amber and knows the source cafe (laughs) so um that's why i'm super excited that you're opening up um or it is open now in Manhattan Beach. I moved to Manhattan last November, so it's a lot closer okay. to me. I have not been in yet. I I went with a friend the other day and, and um it was still the new hours, so you you guys were closed, but we will be stopping in in shortly. Awesome. How how's that going? 
It's great. I mean, it's been open almost two months. So opening up a restaurant during a pandemic has been challenging, at least a little wild. Um, so we're still getting the word out um, slowly and we're on week seven. So yes. Yeah, so I don't know when this podcast will go live, but we're almost at two months and it's ex- it's exciting. We built a patio out back um, in the parking lot. That's really, really great. It gives us about 30 seats and we do a lot of out and grab and go. We have a little market was my vision to provide um, like there's new like medicinal teas and like mushrooms and elixirs and then all the breads and uh, bread mixes and stuff. So uh, along with the extended dinner menu now. So it's kind of like the menu is basically my favorite comfort, soulful, soulful, nourishing foods still with the integrity and clean ingredients of the Source Cafe and how how I want to eat the whole the whole menu is actually dairy-free and gluten-free, and um, I only use three oils in-house, avocado, coconut, and olive oil, which is really rare and hard to find. So that is um, very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And so are the are the menus at the two cafes quite different, or are they similar? They are different. So Hermosa, I'm keeping it uh, more of a lunch breakfast spot, and then Manhattan is open from eight to eight. We actually have a happy hour. We have organic wine, biodynamic wine, local beer, um, kombucha on draft. My turmeric tonic that got me started years ago is on draft. That's been a, a passion vision of mine. And then the menu, yes, it's we hand roll all of our own pasta. We've got um, a lot of like paleo paleo options, but I have like a broccoli pizza that's made. The crust is made out of broccoli and we make all of our cheeses out of um, almonds. And it is different because I have like whole fish. Um, I have a bison burger. So it is, it is different. Yes. Mm. Oh, so excited. <laughs> I mean, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I could yeah, talk about it all day. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Um, let's go into the nutrition a little bit because you brought up the three oils that you yeah. only use. Um, okay. You don't hear that talked about very often. No. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, my main whole thing, Travis is, I believe that what we put in our bodies matters right now. I believe that we're going to pay now. We're going to pay later with our health. And I had a rock bottom crash with my health about 10 years, what led me to open up the source, which we can talk about later and realize that, you know, food is here to heal our bodies and nourish our bodies. And it doesn't have to be in a way that's like I said, like so boring, like, oh, I have to have steamed broccoli and tofu and chicken. (laughs) It doesn't happen. So to basically source out the best ingredients um, and, you know, supporting those local farmers and doing the wild, wild seafood and wild bison's my favorite and realizing that I can heal myself because I've got some food allergies and challenges that I can heal my adrenals in my body with food. Um, the oils, just going back to that point, I mean, vegetable oils like canola oil wreak havoc on our body and our system and cause inflammation and um, all kinds of oxidation in our body. And for me, when I go out to eat, I'll automatically feel the canola oil or just a, a just a vegetable oil. I'll come home, I'll feel bloated, um, fatigued, brain fog, and I might even feel like a little hungover from the food. And so I always, my mission is like, I'm not going to, first of all, serve anything to you guys that I wouldn't feed my, to myself or my family. Um, but I want to be able to go out and enjoy food and not feel bad. And so it's, that is like, we fry our avocados, our, our avocados, we fry our um, organic potatoes for our French fries in avocado oil, which is very, very rare. And you know what? You can have it and feel great and indulge a little bit, but not have that like guilty, crazy feeling and also just feel run down and heavy after you eat it. So that was 
Um, that's very, very important to me. And I think that me, I like to do like sneaky nutrition, meaning I want people to come into the source, both sources, and be able to enjoy chocolate chip cookies and paninis and um, pasta and stuff and, and wine and and not feel like they have to pay attention to if it's nutritious, but it is nutritious. You know, we soak all of our nuts in seeds and um, uh, um, to, because it's more easily digestible for the body and it removes some enzymes that brought nutrition, but they don't, people don't need to know that, but that is what goes on behind the scenes and people leave and they're like, Oh my God, I felt so good. I haven't been able to go out to eat and have a bowl of pasta. Or we have a fried chicken sandwich. That's really popular. And it, the buttermilk is out of coconut milk and it's a gluten-free bread and a paleo roll. Right. I have friends that have like, I, that are gluten intolerant. They're like, I haven't been able to have a fried chicken sandwich ever. Yeah. And they just get to come and enjoy that. And it feels good and they don't feel like crap. So that's yeah. um, part of the nutrition piece. I mean, I think that we just have to be so careful now of what, what we put in our bodies with all the immunity and inflammation issues right now. So, um, and it's possible. We just have to, it just takes, you know, it takes a lot, it takes a lot of work and it's hard to go places and find safe yeah. places to eat. Well, and the lack of education for me, I, I've been yeah. gluten free for almost three years. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just kind of on a whim. I had gut issues pretty much my whole life, or since, I mean, really since middle school, I started having like really bad gut issues. And I, we were just never able to figure out what it was. The doctors didn't know what it was. They put me on, uh, or they wanted to give me like heartburn medication that didn't work. And so my brother was running a CrossFit gym at the time, and he was a big, um, well, he obviously loved to work out, but they would also run these contests or like community events where they would do diets together. And one of them was the Whole30 diet. And he asked me if I wanted to do it with them. And I said, sure. So I jumped on. It was the first time in my life that I had ever cut out bread. Mm. Um, I cut out other stuff trying to figure out what it was, but we were such a bread family growing up. Like breakfast for me was like sourdough yeah. toast and cereal. You know, like yeah, that's yeah. what I ate like so often. Um, and I remember the third day on the Whole30 diet, I felt like a new person. I yeah. realized I had been bloated my whole life. Yeah. I never was able to finish my meals. Like I would always have a couple bites or like halfway through a meal and I'd just kind of feel a little bit nauseous and not hungry. So I just wouldn't eat. I ate so much food that first <laughs> week. It was like my body had never been able to like absorb nutrition or something. Like I just wolfed down food, like the most food I've ever eaten. So um, since then, I've tried to go back a couple of times, and same thing. I just didn't feel quite right, so I've I've kept it out of my my diet for three years now, and I, and I feel amazing. Yeah, but that you know what? I'm not a gluten hater. I just yeah. can't. I just can't eat it. Like I think there's beautiful grains out there. I think there's beautiful companies. I mean, my friend has a mill and they mill their own flowers. That's great. If I'm in Italy, I'd probably eat bread, but it does not work for me here. And there's too many dirty grains out there. And it's just easy right now. I know what breads and cakes and muffins and cookies and pastas to make that are just happen to be gluten-free. And then there's just, it's more appeasable to people. And then my gluten eaters, they're, they're not missing out. They still can have the bread and the cookies and the cake, whatever. It's not like they're coming and saying, Oh my God, this is like so gluten-free. And like, no, it's not like that. So my intention where the source wasn't, Oh, I want to be gluten-free. It just kind of like organically happened because that's how I eat. Um, and same with dairy. I don't eat dairy and I'm not a dairy hater, but I just don't need it for my body. And it just organically worked out that I can make my Parmesan from Brazil nuts and my ricotta from almonds and yeah. my cheese eaters are fine with it. They don't leave. Wow. I can't believe that wasn't real ricotta. I'm like dying on my meatballs. It's like, no, <laughs> fine. So yeah. So that's kind of like my food philosophy and it keeps awesome. me, me being creative as 
a chef because um, I don't want to be deprived. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, you're such a talented chef. I feel like you could hide anything in anything. Uh, I've had I've had a bowl from the source in Hermosa when your breakfast ones, oh, and yeah. I'm like, there's bro- there's cauliflower in this. Cauliflower, <laughs> the bro- yeah, those are my favorite. Like cauliflower ice cream hidden yeah. like the cauliflower and the purple sweet potatoes. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so tasty. And it's such, I feel like when gluten-free first started, it was so trendy. And then like, of course, if you're a flour eater, it's like you, you know, there's like this um, split that's coming and then people have to fight, pick a side and fight like everything else we're doing right now. Um, and I've been getting gluten-free bread lately from Justa and my little cousin isn't gluten-free. And she's like, this is this bread is so much better than like normal bread. Like I love this gluten-free bread now. Yeah, really good bread. <laughs> so it's, it's good. Um, cool. So how, I mean, you're obviously so passionate about nutrition. How, how did you get into nutrition or let's first, let's talk about when we first met. Okay. Start. When was it? I forget. Yes. So I was the host at, oh, yeah. Mediter- at Mediterraneo in Hermosa when I was, I think I was 20. Yeah. Or 19. And you were the head chef. Yes. Yes. Um, I remember I have a few memories of you in the kitchen. You're a very strong, powerful woman. I didn't want to get in your way. Um, I remember just like keeping my distance and you were like just just this powerhouse in in the kitchen. Yeah, I was pretty much a wild. That was my olden days at the med where I was there for 10 years. And yet definitely was more of a wild chef. Um, that industry, the industry is so hard and yeah. towards, um, and I had to hold my, hold my own in that male dominated industry. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, some of my old employees and friends are like, Oh my God, used to scare the crap out of me, but yeah. <laughs> that is not how I run my businesses now. And towards the end of my career at Metatronio, I um, started to have like ton of hip pain and inflammation and, um, fatigue and brain fog and ended up pulling both of my hips and had a hip scope surgery because of all the overworking, overexercising, running myself into the ground. I was drinking too much caffeine, too much alcohol, eating too much sugar. I mean, it was just burning the candle at both ends. And that's when I hit. After that surgery, I hit my rock bottom and had a wake up call. And that's when I, I started my spiritual journey. And that my spiritual journey was my wake up call with my health was like, I've been abusing food my whole life because we could do another podcast about my my addiction and my sugar addiction that I well, speak be, before we get into your spiritual yeah. journey. Yeah. I just want to ask you, can you talk a little bit about what it was like as a woman and a head chef working in that industry? Because I was, I've been in the restaurant industry for so long. Um, I'd be really curious to hear your, your, um, yeah. I mean, I think one of my books one day will be, um, my version of like Kitchen Confidential, like Anthony Bourdain's book, but from a female perspective, because um, growing up in the restaurant business, I mean, my culinary training, I was the only woman in the kitchen I trained in. And um, I would cry every night I would go home. I mean, it was it was crazy. And it's definitely like the movies of being a young chef and being screamed at by your chefs. And um, it was brutal. And I feel like it's you know, it's a male dominant, it's more of a women, you know, there's more women now, but when I was going through training 20 years ago, I mean, over 20 years ago, very male dominated, not any women were in the kitchen with me and I had to hold my own and put on a shield and, um, I would cover my body and then just try to be tough and extra masculine. And it was, and then I moved to California and, you know, as a 22, 23 year old executive chef in a male, male kitchen with most of the 
the guys that I hired were older than me. Um, I really had to hold my own and it, it was, it was very challenging, very, very difficult. And, um, I think that's where I became not aggressive, but I had to really just be a very firm, pretty intense, um, person in the kitchen because, I would have gotten trampled on. I think it, my business partner at the time, I always tell the story of, of um, he would be in like a sweaty workout outfit and I would be like in my full chef out, outfit, right? And um, there would be um, companies that would come in to try to sell us new food or get us to switch over huge. Big- <laughs> and they would look straight at my business partner and say, hi, um, acting like he was the chef. And he would be like, oh my God, you, like you just made a mistake because it's like, hi, it's me right here. Wow. So it was crazy. They would always, and my servers and my, my friends still to this day, you know, people sitting out in the, um, dining room would say, please tell the chef his food is amazing. We can't believe his food. And they were like, we will tell her. Thank you. Right. Cause it's like, everyone just assumes that somebody's cooking all this food, this intense, like Italian Spanish food has to be this like big old man in the kitchen. And it's that kind of stuff. And I always kind of like fought through that. It's easier now, but 20 years ago, I mean, it was like, it was very hard. And when I went to Italy to train, I remember my, um, I was at a bed and breakfast in Sorrento, my Italian chef over there, he was blown away. He could not believe that I was a female executive chef and um, of a restaurant in California. Because <laughs> it's just not her, it's not heard of, right? And that was, again, it's so different now. So it's like, there's so many amazing female chefs now that it's so exciting. I think there's like a rise of female chefs now and it's so different. And when I opened up the source, I swore I would never be that chef again. And then I could kind of like step more into my authentic self and my feminine self and really like lead with love and not with this just like crazy craziness. Um, yeah. So, well, I mean the, the med had such a huge following as well. I mean, so it seems like no matter where you are, really your passion is the food and it definitely shows into everything you, you create and what an awesome community the med was and and now, now the source. So, um, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so your spiritual journey. My spiritual journey, <laughs> yeah, so my spiritual journey um, was because of my health crash, and I went away to the desert and fasted for a week and realized there was um, another way to treat my body and myself, and just had this just like this opening, this awakening, and started to meditate, and um, really meditation started, and I started to realized that I was losing my passion and my joy at the med, even though it was my baby love, you know, love, loved it. But I was starting to realize also that I had been abusing food my whole life and I wasn't honoring food and I was ready to start to heal myself with food. And they, because the doctors wanted to give me another surgery. So I started praying and visualizing what I wanted. Actually, when I was at the We Care Spa, which is in the desert, I remember bouncing on the trampoline and being like, oh my God, I need a I, it's time for me to move on and I need a place where I can heal other people with food. And so I started making the turmeric tonic, which is, I mentioned earlier, that's on draft now. And I started selling it out of med, out of the back in gallons to my customers and employees and people were losing weight and getting off medicine. And there, there was a cleanse going around called the coddle cleanse, my last name. And I would take my employees and people to the grocery store and introduce them to like almond milk. And like, right. It's like, Oh, we're doing this cleanse. And so that started inspiring me. It's like, Oh, I'm not just helping myself now heal. Now there's a bigger purpose. And God, I use God interchangeably with universe. I know that's that's for people, but is guiding me towards something bigger. And so I started just really 
visualizing what I want. Visualization is a huge, huge part. I was reading um, The Artist Way. That was a book that really cracked me open by Julia Cameron. It started doing morning pages and journaling and prayer and meditation and breath work, just all. And I remember breathing um, and having these visions and then visualizing exactly what I wanted. And I could like picture a cafe. And my next door neighbor happened to be um, the previous owner, um, which was planet earth at the time. Yeah. Um, and she was my neighbor. I never saw her, but every day I did Bikram across the street from the source. I would stare through the windows. And one day during Bikram, I looked over, I was like, that's going to be my restaurant. So one day randomly the wind was blowing and I got off my couch and it was like divine intervention, right? I like walked outside. She happened to be home. And I said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to sell planet earth? And she was like, yes. And like, I don't know. <laughs> 30 something days later, the source was, was open. It happened so fast. I oh let my, God. my mom and saying, hi, I think, I think that this is happening and I don't think I want to. I'm so scared. What did I just do? And she's like, you've knocked and you've asked and now the universe is handing this to you. There's no turning back. And so that's where like my faith and prayer and visualization and all of that channeling that I had really sunk into and breath work that I was like, wow, this is happening. Like this vision is coming true. And it, that was almost eight years ago. So that was my, and that just, that's where my spiritual journey really, I mean, I just clutched on to, to the faith of knowing that I was being divinely guided and that started to learn about surrender and surrendering to life's flow and that I'm not in control. And just to start just like letting the mystery of life guide me. And um, that's how the source was born. I mean, the source was definitely born out of that um, spiritual um, awakening slash rock bottom. Yeah. Oh, that's, I got the chills when you said that because it's mm-hmm. uh, so true. And, and I can really relate to the, once you can surrender and let go, that things really just flow towards you. Yeah. Um, so how did you get it? How did you get into the meditation? And maybe for people who don't really meditate or haven't meditated before or, or using the visualization, like how did you start start getting into that and what did it look like for you in the in the very beginning? In the very beginning. Okay. So the book that really cracked me open is called Healing by David Elliott. And I remember reading that book and it's all about self-love. And that was 10 years ago and I didn't have a lot of self-love. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And in the book at the end, it was breathwork exercises. And I started to follow a coach here in LA that had trained under David Elliott. And I started doing breathwork and breathwork cracked me open. That was the first type of meditation. It's active breathing. And through the active breathing, I would cry and release, have visions. I mean, it was psychic stuff, intuitive stuff. It was just, it was wild. I could make decisions like that after breathing. And so I got addicted to the breath work and then started to tap more into through other healers and stuff. Then I was just hungry, right? I was like, okay, if this is, if this is accessible, now I'm going to be, now I started doing yoga and Kundalini and then started following a couple other healers and did some Tantra stuff. And just, I was like, I want all types of meditation and the breath work for me with a busy mind, because all you need is five to seven minutes if, if you want, but I would get up to 20. It, it changed my life. I mean, it, it, it helped me open the source. And through that, I started realizing how intuitive I am and that I've been like, kind of blocking that. And that's where it led to the visualizations. And so I remember going to some workshops and reading The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And she really speaks a lot about um, morning pages. And the first thing you do in the morning is write three pages. It doesn't matter what they are. Don't judge it. It doesn't have to be perfect spelling. Just let it flow onto the pages. And through that, I started to visualize exactly what I want. And I do it to this day. So especially I'm in like a stressful situation or I have fear around something to get back into faith is like, cause I believe you can only be in faith or fear. You're either led by fear or you're led by faith. 
And so when I lead from faith and love, then I can really get pen to paper and I'll say, oh, this is really how I want my business to look. I want to line out the door. I want people to feel happy. How do I want to feel? How do I want my employees to feel? You know, I want this flow and the abundance and prosperity for all. I mean, that I've done that for personal relationships, for business relationships, for how I found my house I, I rent now. I mean, I visualized that. I saw it. I saw the backyard. And I remember walking in and was like, oh, crap, this is my house. Um, you know, it's like it works. And some people think that it, it you know, I, I, I want to say to people that don't meditate, you know, meditation is, and now I practice transcendental meditation, which is a, um, it's very special. It's, I do two times a day, 20 minutes, twice a day. And it sounds intense. I'm not saying that's for everyone. This has helped me even tap more into my power and my intuition. It's, it's been, it's been the, it was the next thing for me to do. But for somebody that hasn't meditated, you know, one to five minutes of just sitting quietly is meditation, right? Um, that That's it. There's a ton of apps out there. I mean, for someone that has a super busy mind that's terrified of sitting there, you know, quietly, um, breath work, you know, there's so much, I mean, I've mentioned a couple resources. There's so much active breath work that's free. You can just download something, do it for two to five minutes. There's teachers out there, there's healers, and especially with COVID, there's so much free stuff online now, right? That you could just, I mean, pay a dollar a month and you get like a free breath work. So, and then if you don't want to meditate like or, or pray and God and universe and all that freaks you out, then just start writing, just journal guys too, you know, men gets like men and women's just pen to paper, just get it out and just start, you know, picturing and visualizing like what you want and how you want to feel in this moment. Mm. It works. Yeah. So powerful. So powerful. Um, I love that you bring up breath work. I've done breath work before and it's, it, when you say breath work to, I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. When I first heard breath work, I could not understand the impact it could have on me. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I think my first one was, was 10 or 15 minutes long and it's such an easy way. Like you said, if you have a busy mind, if you're not that um, comfortable with meditation or you don't like sitting still, it's such an easy thing to focus on and the results from it are so insane compared to what I thought it was going to be like. And it's really hard to explain it until the person does it. And like the type I do is like, it's, you do it to music. So it's like loud and you breathe scream and you can cry and like you feel high. I mean, you feel like drugs and you know, Wim Hof is really popular right now. He has a free website. You can do that for a couple of minutes, but no, it is um, until you've experienced it. It is, it is unbelievable. David Elliott is an amazing resource. There's so many teachers and healers all over LA that, have practiced under David Elliott. And it's just, um, I mean, I have some teachers I can re- recommend if people want to reach out to me that I work with. There's so much, there's so much, but yeah, it's, it's good. I could talk about it all day. It, like it definitely, that's what really, um, opened, opened me up to everything else. Well, it's so cool to hear it from someone who is, is living it. You know, you've had these things manifested in your life and they've all come to fruition and you have such an awesome following and it's like, it's actually happening to, so to hear somebody preach it, that is actually like walking the walk, you know, it's, I think it's a lot more powerful because, you you know, so many people could say different stuff, but you're, you know, you're a South Bay icon. So I just want to say like, I'm, this all sounds like roses and sunshine, right? When I'm talking Mm -hmm. about it. Oh, manifest and and pray and meditate. And but I have to say, like, there's just there's so many rock bottoms, not rock bottoms, lows of well, can we uh, can we talk about a few of those? 
Yeah. I and mean, maybe, I, maybe some of the struggles of starting your own business and of, and of uh, going through that, that journey at the med. And yeah, I mean, I feel like for me, people always say, I mean, so I'm a risk. I'm, I used to be afraid of failure. And, um, you know, one of my coaches says, and I believe this so much is that we can't succeed without failure. We, we can't, I mean, success comes from our lesson to failure. And I don't really like to say failure. It's just hard life lessons that are actually freaking beautiful. And if we can get through them, I mean, you know, I fall on my face daily and I know you and I talk about human design, which we can't get into because that would be like a five hour podcast, but <laughs> my design and your design is we're, we're the mistake makers. We, we have to fall on our face, but we're, I'm brave to take the risk, to fall on my face, to get back up, to learn and to keep plowing forward without the fear of the next, of the next failure. And I feel like for me in business and opening businesses, it's, there's, you know, taking the risk with money, um, you know, money, the money stuff always comes up and I have to just trust and believe, okay, this is, this is the right space and the right time and the right people. I mean, I think some of the hardest lessons is hiring or not hiring the right people, surrounding myself with the right people. But also I've learned some hard lessons of, of attracting some people in business over the last, you know, 15 to 18 years that have not been great for my business and having to learn when to cut, cut that, that that's been, th those are really hard lessons. And I've made some, I've made lots of money business, hard lessons of like, Ooh, I'm going to buy that, find that. And it's like, oops, that just cost me a lot of money. And then not being scared to pick myself back up and learning like, okay, God just had to show me that, that I need to slow down or whatever it may be. Um, and I think for me too, is Stay. I think some of the biggest challenges. I was just writing about this for another like article. Was is maintaining maintaining my peace and my sanity while working like a crazy woman, especially now during this pandemic and opening up a restaurant, trying to make the best um, decisions for my business, taking risk, right? But um, and navigating through this time, but staying out of the fear and also not letting outside forces that might be fearful. Um, trigger trigger me or influence my decision when I know deep down and in my soul that this is the right decision I have to make. So that that's been challenging. Um, and you know when I when I when I don't stay true to myself and I kind of give in to maybe some outside forces because I'm basically that means I'm in fear. I'm like doing it because I'm a, I'm afraid of someone thinking I'm making the wrong decision or outside validation. Then it usually slaps me in the butt, and that is <laughs> definitely where I fall on my face flat down in the mud and pull myself up again. And then I have to learn that lesson. So you know what I mean? But there's always light and growth and beauty when we can get out of that low, you know, but we have to go through those dips and those lows um, to come, to come back out. And um, yeah, I mean, I think I've been doing that a lot this year in COVID is opening and closing Hermosa a couple times. And mm. that was really painful and having to make that hard decision and knowing I was going to lose money and maybe some employees or trying to take care of my employee, you know, it's just, it's endless. Um, but at the end of the day, my team that supports me now and all of my businesses is it's amazing. I'm, I'm so grateful and so blessed. I have, have such a huge team and support group of partners and employees and yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. God, who's who we surround ourselves with is so, so important. Yeah. It is. Um, so something that I always struggled with, um, on my journey was I'd have this voice inside my head. If I had a creative project or something I wanted to do, and it was always like, that's not realistic. Mm. Like that sounds great. It sounds like way too big for you, way too, um, maybe way too good for you. It's just not yeah. real. It's not realistic. It's too much of a, uh, it's going to take too much. Um, did you I ever have that? that. 
I love that you said that because when I started writing my cookbook a couple of years ago, I stopped because there was people in my life that were like, this is too much. It, you're taking too much on. Or I was like, what am I thinking? I can't do this. You know, the um, imposter syndrome comes in, like I'm not good enough or um, who's going to listen to me kind of thing. And I feel like um, that whole part where you said that maybe I don't deserve it or I'm not good or whatever, that's that. Um, that's that shadow of our design of shrinking to make other to shrinking to be smaller. For me, my whole life, people have always told me I'm too loud and I'm too much. I'm too big. And now my work this last couple of years working with this healer, stepping into my human design profile is really not giving an F what people think. I'm sorry. I'm too much for you. If I'm too loud, if I'm too big and I speak my, I'm sorry, if I'm not sorry, sorry, but not sorry, I'm not going to shrink to make you feel comfortable. And that's work that I've had to do. So lately, like my brand manager, she is so special. She is, um, she, like, I will say, I want to do these 10 things. I want a retail thing. I want to have these teas and whole foods. I want a book. I'm writing another book right now on top of the other book. She's like, all right, Ams. All right, chef. So all sounds great. And she never slaps me down. And I used to say, oh no, this is too much. And now she'll just kind of like help me get it into like the right, like timeline. Right. And I'll say, listen, this is really important. Like I'm going to do this now. And now she knows like when, when I say like, I'm going to do it, she's like, I'm not going to stand in your way, chef. We're going to, I'm going to help you make this happen. Um, and that's it. So yeah, when those big ideas come for me, it takes like praying and breath work and then you'll know. But I think when you know that it's time to push forward is when you've got that voice that says, no, this is too much, or maybe it's too much for me, or I can't do this. It's that stuff. It's like, no, screw that. Yes, you can, you know, um, and just pushing forward. And that's part of taking the risk to do it. Um, yeah. 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 So you, so you work with a brand manager. Yeah. She's, um, in charge of my chef Amber brand, um, all of, all of my, my two restaurants. So she kind of like sinks, sinks everything up and, she helps. Yeah. Cause I'm a triple air sign and I move, I want to do 10 projects at once at all times <laughs> and makes it, um, where it's yeah realistic and she's the project leader. So I'm a, I'm a little bit like that too. I have multiple projects always. Yeah. Um, well, who, who else makes up uh, your team? Do, uh, do you have a coach? Um, I have a team. So I have, we'll see, I have two business partners. Cindy is my business partner and she's been with me almost since the source opened. She's also a best friend and she's my, um, my COO. And then my other, um, other, one of my other best friends is my CFO. So I have a huge, that team. And then my, just my staff from my chefs to everyone on my team is amazing. And then we do have a coach. She's a, an amazing life business coach. Her name is Vicky and she has, basically like a business therapist. And she's had team building with my my business partners and I, for me alone, of how to step into my CEO role and running a, you know three businesses with almost 40-something employees. But also she'll do like um, stuff around, let's let's get rid of the drama triangle team and, and out of the fear and how do we communicate? I mean, she's just very special. So she she's very special. So um, for me, I believe that we can't do life alone. So for me and my support team, I mean, I have best friends. I have two private Zoom calls of of of, of women um, and men that have been through this program with my healer. I've got an intuitive therapist, you know, I've got another intuitive therapist. Like I just, I need my people. Um, I, I need my people. I have a TM, a TM teacher that I can lean on. So I think it's just, and creating community like this with you and with your stupid beautiful and, um, you know, create surrounding ourselves with like-minded souls that want to uplift and inspire others. 
Um, and creating that tribe and community is really important. Um, cause I used to try to do a lot of things on my own, um, and was like hyper, um, hyper independent. And that's a, that's a really dangerous place to be. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. that oh God, I relate so much to that. My kind of my upbringing, I was taught, you know, do everything on your own. Yeah. You're, sm- you're smart. You'll figure it out. Like you don't, I was pretty much wired not to ask for help or thinking that asking for help was taking from someone else or, you know, um, uh, w- maybe some weakness, you know? So mm-hmm. now I totally relate to that. And I'm really trying to surround myself with more people, more support. Like who can I lean on? Who's going to not say no to my visions, but, you know, guide me in the right, in the right direction. Exactly. Um, I, uh, there was a, um, awesome quote that I heard not too long ago. That was like, um, you know, if, or if, if you are, this is, I'm going to butcher it, but it was like, the meaning was like, if you tell somebody like a big idea you have or, or something you're passionate about and they tell you, no, like you just need to run the other, the other way. Yeah. Um, like get rid right. of the people who say no to, no to you and find that's the people. Exactly pe- right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's good. I've read, I've read that. Yeah. I've read that. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. It sounds like you have such a amazing, um, like self care routine, uh, that you, that you've implemented. Um, how, how important do you think nutrition is, um, in the realization of your, of your dreams or your pursuits? I mean, so you're right. So I believe, yeah, nutrition and food. If I'm not, if I'm not feeling strong and healthy in my body and fueling myself with the right food, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to show up for anyone because my, past history of overeating of sugar and drinking caffeine. I mean, I was, I was a maniac. My nervous system was out of balance. I was stressed and I'm sure I wasn't showing up as the best high version of myself. Right. And now, um, really learn it's taken me years. I'm in my forties of really learning what feels good, um, to eat and what I put in my mouth. I don't like to put a label on what I am versus like I'm paleo keto. I just eat what feels good for my body. And I'm primarily plant-based and add add my meat as an accompaniment and stay away from certain things. But I just think that for me, I know that if I get up and I have basically uh, dinner for breakfast and fill myself with protein and fat and the nutrients I need, oh my God, I feel so good and strong and my brain feels strong and I'm energized and I'm not having crashes during the day and I can show up and I can work these 10 to 12 hour shifts in the kitchen with my team and so for that. So I think nutrition is, is, is huge. I feel like sleep, uh, what we put in our bodies. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's all holistic. So, you know, yes, we have to drink water and move our body, but like, how's your sleep quality, right? How's your stress level? And what are you putting in your body? If you're already, if you're exercising and drinking water and you're sleeping well, and, but you're, you're, you're eating whatever you want, and then your body still is going to be inflamed and stressed and everything else really is going to go out the window. I mean, um, it's, it is, it is, it's so important. Um, and I think unfortunately now with what's going on with just the quality of the food in the United States of, you know, the pesticides and the preservatives and the dyes and, um, unfortunately the farming practices that lack integrity and, um, it's making our country sick and it's sad and it's, it's, it's scary. You know, there's certain in the U S that are legal, that are totally illegal in other countries in Europe. I mean, there's certain, I, I forget what my holistic doctor, there's a hundred and something things that like are, are banned to put in our, our cosmetics and foods um, that are in, in Europe that are legal in the U S. So it's just that kind of stuff. And there's a reason for our, our health, our health in the U S um, and, our weakened immune systems and 
I mean, I could talk about this all day. So I think yeah. that it's very, very important. Um, and I think we're lucky that we live in Southern California, right? That we have the awareness and more of the education. And there's parts of the country that just, they don't have the education or the awareness and it breaks my heart. And I wish I could save everyone and teach everyone about like, no, you can't, you can't eat that, right? We can't, we can't buy, you know, the processed little Debbie's for our kids. And, and you know, and I'm from the South and um, I grew up, um, I grew up actually in a healthy household. My parents are, were hit, are hippies and not from the South, but and my mom fed us very well, but I'd go over to my friend's house and I'd get to dive into all of their, their snacks and treats. And, um, you know, it's just about, it's just about educating what's going on and how oh, we can really make a difference in people's lives now. And when they get older, because the kids, the kids is where it's at right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, ho- I think all, all that stuff's hopefully going to be exposed very soon. I, we were talking a little bit before and I, and I told you there's a post going around Instagram right now yeah. of uh, the new Kellogg's waffles that came out for 2020 during a pandemic where, you know, health is, is a huge factor in yeah. uh, people's reaction to, to COVID. Um, so I have the ingredients list and I just wanted to read it to you. <laughs> oh my God. See if you see what you think about heart, this. It's make my heart hurt for... Well, it's so it's first of all, it's so sad because they're obviously marketed towards kids. These are catalogs. Um, that's the The marketing those, you know, I'm sure they look beautiful to kids and they're rainbowy and unicorn. It's a unicorn on it with rainbow hair. There's a mermaid one and there's a birthday cake one. Yeah. Um, loaded with dyes and canola and oh, yeah, let's see. Wheat flour, niacin, reduced iron, vitamin B, thiamine, folic acid, water, sugar, vegetable oil, so- soybean and palm, canola and or cottonseed, baking soda, sodium, alumi- aluminum phosphate, monocalcium phosphate, de- dextrose, wheat, starch, natural artificial flavors, eggs, wheat, soy, lechin, blue, two, red, 40, red, three. Crazy. It is wild. It is really, really wild that they're allowed to put that in food. If we can't pronounce it, we can't, we shouldn't eat it. That's the first thing. Um, the second is, it's just, this is the problem. And I think that ter- too, during this pandemic is like this country, we need to focus on how do we build healthier lifestyles and educate healthier lifestyles. And I'm not saying everyone needs to go out there and buy organic because I know people can't afford it, but you know, go just start going buying fresh food. It doesn't have to be organic to start. Um, and get away of the box food. But we really have an eye on there's a reason that we have a low immune immune rate in this country. Um, we have to really look at our health and lifestyle. Nobody's talking about that besides natural holistic doctors yeah. putting a light on the obesity and the, the, the sickness in this country because of what we eat. You know what I mean? And so we can't just eat what we want and take medicine for it. And of course, we're going to have weakened immune systems. And of course, our bodies are going to be more susceptible to to sickness. So I don't want to get off on that because this is a controversial subject. Yeah, well, do you, th- do you think? I mean, it seems to me like <laughs> it seems to me like looking at the model of, of capitalism in general, it's all, you know, food is a business and they're after the bottom line and more profit. I mean, stuff like like high fructose corn syrup, it I mean, it seems like they use most of these ingredients because they're cheap and addictive. They're cheap and addictive. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason. I forget the study that happened with Coca-Cola. I forget, but it's, I mean, I used to drink Diet Coke and I mean, it's addicting. It is, it is, I mean, sugar, I mean, hello, sugar's addicting. I mean, I could not, 
that was what that's, I couldn't stop eating sugar. I mean, sugar was, it's, it's, it does to your brain, what cocaine does to your brain. I mean, there's like so many studies. Um, and it's, and it's crazy. I forget how much sugar, um, we consume a year in this country, but, um, but it's, 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 it's wild. Yeah. So you're, are you off sugar? Do you have sugar occasionally? No, I have sugar occasionally, but, um, it just, it doesn't feel good. I mean, I usually stick to like honey and coconut sugar, maple kind of stuff. I mean, I don't have processed sugar in the source. Um, you know, we have lower glycemic desserts and sweets at the source and a lot of like, I use monk fruit, stevia, coconut sugar, a lot of raw honeys and maples. So that's like the, when I talk about sugar now, that's like what I incorporate in my diet very minimally. Um, and so is there anything that you just, that you stay away from completely? You know what? I stay away from dairy, um, just cause it doesn't work for my body. And, um, for the most part, I don't eat a ton of sweets only because it just doesn't work for my body, but I don't really stay away from anything particularly. I mean, I don't eat gluten, but if gluten sneaks into my body, I'm not going to die. It's fine. And honestly, if I went to Europe and how beautiful the cheese and that, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that if I was in Italy right now, I wouldn't eat cheese and, <laughs> and eat some of their beautiful bread. I don't really know. I just, <laughs> um, I, yeah. So, but right just does not work for, it just does not work for my body. And there's just so many options. So for me, I don't feel deprived not eating gluten and dairy. It's not, it's not like, oh my God, I I wish I could have that pizza. Well, I can have pizza. There's plenty of things I can make that feel like I'm eating pizza or a burger or something like that. So yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, I, I, I love that. I, I feel like sometimes on the other side, you could get so crazy about like, I never going to do this and never going to eat that. And it becomes a whole other issue. So yeah, um, I, I, love, I love that. I love yeah. that you say, you know, it's all about how your body feels. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, we didn't, if we could all tap into our bodies a little bit more and just listen to, to that, I think, um, that could drive so much health for, well, yeah. And that's, that takes so much work too. I mean, I still yeah. work right? Where I'm like, I don't listen to my body and then I pay for it. It's like, I choose the wrong thing or I overeat or I, and it's like, whoop, I don't feel good. And it's a quick, delicate little reminder. Sometimes it's not so delicate. And I feel like crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my body has to say, hi, um, remember, yep, I do. Okay. Thank you. So it's easier now, but I struggled with that. There's no way I, I could listen to my body. I would just eat whatever I wanted. And um, yeah. I'm not aware of my health and how I felt. So you don't really know how bad you feel until you feel good. So that is the um, that is where I love seeing people come into the source and transition. And I convert people over to eating. You know, I remember a couple coming in and they were eating Dunkin' Donuts and they were like, what do we do? And so we got them on some of the treats and some of the almond balls. And, and months later, they came back and they were like, Are my cholesterol's lower. And I've been inspired me to do this through one of your cooking classes. And it just is so amazing. Um, it's, it's, it's so amazing to, to witness that. So anyways, I could talk all day about that, but <laughs> yeah, do you want to, I'd love another story or two about, um, someone that you've worked with or, or maybe talk a little bit about your cooking classes. I've, I think my stepmom's taken a couple of your classes. Uh, so my cooking classes are no more in COVID right now, but I did hmm. doing, um, a zoom cooking class, a virtual class, which is going to be fun next week for kind of a team building for a company. And I think there's going to be 15 or 20 people and we're going to do paleo meatballs and bread and salad and almond ricotta. So that's fun. But I have an online cooking class series um, called cooking with chef Amber. And I filmed that two and a half years ago and it's six episodes. They're an hour long and they're evergreen. People can order them and they, they own them forever. And it's the same format as, as it would be a live class. So that's really fun. That was a passion project that um, 
I haven't put a lot of time and effort into kind of talking about, but during COVID it's been, it's been more popular, but I love doing cooking classes. Um, the cookbook will be out soon. So that hopefully by the end, by the holidays, my cookbook will be coming out. I've been working on that for three years. So that's, that's how, really exciting. How does it feel that that's about to come to fruition? Um, it's like a dream. It's like very, when I did the last photo shoot, uh, in the middle of COVID of opening up Manhattan and re- closing and opening up Hermosa from all the shutdowns that were happening. I was like, wow, I am literally in the middle of this taking pictures for my book. This is all happening all at once. I was like, wow. Um, and it felt really, really amazing. I feel very proud. Um, I started to see some of the proofs and it's, it's, it's just surreal and exciting and I can't wait to see the book. Um, but yeah, I think what keeps me going, Travis is getting like emails and letters from from people, customers of like, you know, my, my health has changed, my family, my kids' health, even not just about weight loss, even like they're off certain anti-inflammatory medicines, or they've added more turmeric, or their joint pain has gone away, or their arthritis has decreased, or whatever, from taking my classes or using the recipes. I love um, people that still cook my food and post on Instagram, and they're like, you know, I've converted my family into this twice a week. It's been great to get my meat and potato husband to be able to eat this or that. And it's like it's so cool to see it. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's what keeps me going because this business is hard. My body worked. And if I didn't see that fulfillment, or if I wasn't fulfilled by that, I don't like, yeah, it, that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So beautiful. I mean, just listening to your to you talk, your I mean, your passion is so so <laughs> apparent. It's it's like <laughs> you're like just so you're such a magnet. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, um, I mean, I think that we could talk forever about every every subject under the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 um, anything else uh, that you're feeling called to to share before we end it? I think for me, um, during this time maybe I'll just end with this is, is this time during the pandemic and all the unknown, you know, there's so much fear and depression and stress out there right now. And a lot of people have turned, including myself. I mean, I'm not going to exclude myself. I won't lie. When I was opening and close, closing and reopening a couple of my businesses during this time, I mean, there was definitely some fear that came over and I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. And I don't turn to alcohol, but I do turn, I did try to turn to, to food a little bit. And a lot of people are complaining about weight gain and feeling sluggish. And so I think it's a good opportunity for us to sit and look at, um, well, what we're eating, right? And how can we make a difference in our lives and our family's lives by maybe starting to cook more at home? So there's that part of it. Are we moving our bodies? And, you know, it's a great time to meditate (laughs) because we are just not in control. You know, I think the one thing, another favorite book of mine is The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. He wrote The Untethered Soul. And it is so inspiring. I'm rereading it for the second time because he just, I mean, he was sued by the government for millions and millions of dollars. He's on an Oprah podcast. It's so good. You guys can research on Super Soul Sunday. And she's like, Michael, were you not like freaked out and had you didn't feel like a victim when when the government was suing you and oh poor pitiful me. And Michael's like, why would I get myself all stressed about that, Oprah? I did the best I could. I'm not in control. Whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. I just surrendered and I had so much peace and sanity. So I go back to that kind of like you know, I'm just trying to surrender daily. And when I say surrender, it's not like we get to sit on the couch and eat bonbons all day and drink vodka, right? It's like, it's all to do the work. I mean, my spirituality is non-negotiable in the morning, my morning routine and meditation. Um, it's, it's, and so I think just find a little peace, a little routine right now. 
um, that that's a good advice for people out there that maybe are struggling and, and it's baby steps, you know, trying to make lifestyle changes right now. There's movement, there's sleep, there's stress, there's spirituality, there's food. You can't do it all at once. You know, I have some people that aren't doing that are struggling with all those aspects, like just pick one thing to work on. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like my, because it's so easy to get swept up with social media and the news and the unknown, you know, there's, there's so much unknown, but at the end of the day, y'all, we're not in control. I, we're sure as hell, we are powerless over COVID. We're powerless over the government. We're powerless. We can't control these humans. We can't. So might as well just, and I'm saying this to remind myself, I'm not in control of what's going on with my businesses. I'm going to take the action and best steps of what I can do and keep my eyes wide open. Right. But I have to surrender and stay in faith and really lead from a place of love um, and compassion because I can't, or else seriously, Travis, I would be, if I was living out of fear, I'd be like, you know, screw it. I'm going to get tequila and and screw y'all. And that's it. I'm out of here. Right. Like I don't even know what to do. I'm just going to self-soothe all my shit. I think the important thing too, for me, that gets me through these moments is like, there's going to be discomfort and unknown and we have to sit in the discomfort. And when we make it through the discomfort, you know, we always make it through it. The only way through is through this time with our eyes wide open and we're so resilient. And I do believe when we get through this, that, you know, we're already starting to become a closer community and um, people's voices are being heard. And, you know, the resilience, as you see people, it's, it's really inspiring, um, you know, and keep having conversations like this to uplift people and support people that need a little extra nudge and help and, and love to know that, we're going to be okay, you know. Which is uh, which is all of us, and me me included. I need a little extra love and help and, and nudges all constantly. Us. All of us. And people always say, "Oh, you're always like roses and sunshine. Don't you think every anything's wrong? Why do you act like everything's okay? You're so, you know." And I think for me, I always say, "No, I understand the severity of the situation of the world we live in right now, but I have to stay optimistic and I have to st- stay alight because." the other option is, is shit and fear. And like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be living a pessimistic, fearful. I mean, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to go back into my old ways. I have to. Well, you know, you know where that path leads. There's only one place it leads. Yeah. So that's not an option for me. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, I need to say it out loud too. I'm reminding myself and I love the slogan a day at a time because that's all we can do right now. That's what my best friend and I today, she was like, I called her with some stuff and she was like, Chef, you just have to take it a day at a time. You only have to get through the day and you're doing your damn best. We're all doing the best we can. So yeah, that's it. I'll just end it. And enjoy this job. You know, I have to remind myself too. My dad always says like, Amber, enjoy the ride. This is part of the journey. Like this is part of the journey. This has been the craziest, most emotional year uh, for me in business and personal. And I have fallen a hundred times. I have a lot of bruises and scabs to show to show and burns. And it's just like, I get to enjoy those parts too, right? It's like, enjoy it and not self-soothe and pretend it's not there and pick myself back up and keep on going and enjoy every part of it. And that's, I think that's part of it. So yeah. Yeah. Don't get too busy saving the world that you forget yeah. to enjoy it also. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, so, chef, chef Amber, Gosh, your, your love and passion and, and beauty just like shines so, so brightly. And I know everybody who comes in contact with you can, can feel it. And that's why you're just on a tear right now. I'm Mm -hmm. so looking forward to your book coming out, um, and going into the source, um, Manhattan and, and trying out the new menu. Can't wait to cook for you. Uh, Yeah. 
And where where um, can people find you if they want to follow you on Instagram or look out for that new book? Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm Chef Amber LA on Instagram and Facebook and thesourcecafe.com. You can look up my menus and see where I'm located in Hermosa in Manhattan. And chefamber.com is my website that has links to that will have links to my cookbook by my online cooking class series, um, any products and a ton of recipes, sexy, beautiful recipes and a blog. So yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for being You're here. Welcome. Thanks Travis. You... That was amazing. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Take care. All right. Ciao. All right. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to stupid, beautiful. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your loved ones and maybe that cousin that you just can't stand. The most transformational experiences of my life have all started with the conversation, and I'm so grateful that you are here with me for this one. If you resonated with what you heard today, head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. It really helps expand the reach of this podcast. To stay connected with me, you can follow me on Instagram at Travis.Day. As always, sending you my love and more importantly, giving you permission to forget the reality you've been sold and start creating your own. <laughs>